The ethical ideal of the Christian life is not something you attain by willpower or individual effort alone. Only Christ's power activated within a person makes the moral demands of following Christ possible. Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God and respond to His Word in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. We're all followers here, following God, reflecting on His Word, and then responding to Him in prayer. If you're new to First 15, follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. You're in a great place to grow your faith. In Season 4, we're reading and praying through a few New Testament letters. One of the truths of Christianity that's very often overlooked is that people don't usually reject Christ for intellectual reasons only. The truth is, we don't want to accept the moral standards that Jesus sets. Living to please ourselves is so much easier than dying to self and letting Christ breathe new life into my body and soul. A related truth is that, sadly, many Christians try to live the Christian life on their own power and then wrestle with guilt, shame, and finally resignation over it all. Yeah, I've certainly struggled with this over the years and still do in many ways. This is not what God intended for us, though. The intent of our podcast is to apply the truth of God's message beyond the first 15 minutes to the rest of your life. We follow a four-step process, and you can find details at wordofprayer.com. That's with dashes. Paul and Timothy's letter to the Colossians is shorter than Romans, Corinthians, and even Galatians and Ephesians, but it really packs a punch. It focuses on the reality of Christ at the center and supreme above all, and then urges us to live in the reality of Christ at the center of our faith and our our entire life. We're going to read the third major section of Colossians today, and Paul and Timothy are going to unpack what the centrality of Christ means for how we live daily. Let's read together Colossians 3, verse 5, through chapter 4, verse 1. Put to death, therefore, your physical body parts given to earthly uses, sexual immorality, uncleanness, depraved passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the children of disobedience. When you lived among them, you all also practiced those things. But now, strip away all of these anger, rage, malice, slander, and shameful speech from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, since you have stripped away the old person with their deeds and have put on the new man who is being renewed in knowledge after the image of their creator, where there is no Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bondservant or free person, But Christ is all and in all. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, with a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive each other if anyone offends you. Just as Christ forgave you, so you also forgive others. 
Above all these things, walk in love, which binds everything in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, for you all were also called into one body for peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh or bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, don't provoke your children so that they won't be discouraged. Servants, obey your earthly masters in all things, not as men-pleasers who work hard only when watched, but in singleness of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you're doing, work enthusiastically as for the Lord and not for people, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. Serve the Lord Christ. If someone does wrong instead, they will be repaid for the wrong they have done without exception. Masters, give to your servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. We just made a major transition in the letter to the Colossians. I have to admit that for a really long time, I didn't notice it. Between verses 4 and 5 in chapter 3, there should be a marker that a major break has just happened. Paul and Timothy have moved from a focus on theology or teaching what is true into practical living or how theology applies to our lives. Now, Paul does this in almost all of his letters. Usually there's a therefore and then it's followed by a sustained section of practical teaching that applies the implications of all the truth that's been laid out already in the letter. I think this is one of the features that makes the letters so attractive to us. Just tell me what I need to do. Spell it out for me, I think is how we're almost saying to ourselves. At the same time, the words of practical advice are usually in very short phrases without elaboration, kind of like an extended list of reminders. Do this. Remember that. Make sure you don't forget to fill in the blank. I know for me, I've often read this and thought to myself, this is good. I like how practical this sounds. And then I don't do anything specific to practice or implement what I've just heard. Let's not do that. From these 20 or so verses we just heard, I want to focus our attention on the first 12 verses. Now, one of the figures of speech that Paul and Timothy use in this section is built on the image of getting undressed and dressed. Some of the words used in this section like put off, put on, strip off, be clothed, are related to acting and thinking different than one did before they became a Christian. 
Maybe they are just an elaborate use of figurative language. But early church history teaches us that baptism was often performed in such a way that people disrobed or took off their old clothes, and when they came up out of the baptismal waters, they were given new clothes to wear, usually a simple white tunic to symbolize their purity from sin and new life in Christ. Now, if Paul and Timothy are referring the Colossians to their earlier experience of baptism and reminding them of the change that they've undergone, using the language of stripping away or putting off the old worldly garments and putting on or being clothed with Christ, well, that makes a lot of sense. In short, Paul and Timothy are saying, live a life of virtue. Don't go back to your old vices. That's not what living in Christ looks like. I want to focus our attention on verse 14 of chapter 3. It says, Above all these things walk in love, which binds everything in perfect harmony. Love is what makes the difference. Remember what Jesus taught was the most important commandment in the entire law? Love. Love God, love people. At the beginning of chapter 3 of this letter to the Colossians, Paul tells them, think on things above where Christ is at the right hand of the Father. So he's calling us to consciously think about Christ and his own example and his teaching. So, above all, love. That is the most important thing. That is the only thing that gives us real hope of ever living up to this standard, this moral ideal that Christ gives to us. Let's pray together. Lord, I have a past that I'm not proud of, and it keeps wanting to come out at times. You have come in human form, and in Christ, I'm not what I was. You have filled me with your goodness, given me a new name and new destiny. I am being renewed in your image, my Creator. I want to grow in your compassion, kindness, your humility, your gentleness and patience. Help me forgive as you have forgiven me. Most of all, above all, let love grow in my heart so I can share a close fellowship with you. May whatever I do in word or deed all be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Colossians 3 takes us from the heights of theology deep into the practical, day-by-day -day practice of our faith. Watch your feet. Your next step matters to God. And He wants to help you live boldly for Him to take the next right step. Let Colossians 3, especially verses 15 and 16, be literally true for you. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. For you all were also called into one body for peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, 
with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to God. I urge you, meditate on God's Word today and dwell on it richly. And then let God go to work powerfully to form you, to shape you into the person He wants you to be, living up to what He calls you to be as only He can. First 15 is a podcast meant to encourage you in your walk with God. If you'd like to go a little deeper in Bible study into Colossians and Philemon, check out Christ Supreme, a study resource for you to explore deeper into God's Word. For details, go to wordofprayer.com or to our Facebook page at Word of Prayer 15. Be clothed with Christ and walk in His power today as you keep thinking of these things. Blessings.